with Jesus' joy can you welcome on stage Pastor Benro Ogunjipe. Can we just celebrate him as he comes on stage? Let me give you a mic. Praise God. Can I have the pulpits? Will it work? If you, I, 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 you can leave it on the side so that when I'm asking questions, I can sit down and then, um, you know, it will feel conversational. If it won't work, we can do without it, but I would appreciate it. It's just because my load is much. Careful. Hallelujah. So, good morning, church. Please, let's be responding. If, let me not feel like a visitor. Good morning, church. So I'm really, really excited to be here. Very, very excited. If um, there's an excitement meter of 1 to 10, I'm on 11. So, um, let me do, there are always greetings when you want to minister. So I'll start with, thank you so much for having me. Um, I recognize the leadership of the house. Thank you, everyone. I've met some folks before. Um, was wonderful to see my son's teacher here. So, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Yinka and um, Sister Omotola. Um, her nickname is Omoli. Now, that story is very interesting because they made a mistake on her T-shirt and it became a nickname. So, um, thank you very much for having me. Um, all the leaders in the house, I, I had to Google some of the names. So, Pastor Yinka, then Pastor Bayo. Obviously, there was um, Brother Dola who came to my house as well. Um, Everyone in the house, I celebrate and recognize you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I bring you greetings from my wife and my family. Um, my wife reviews most of my sermons, so she has given me feedback. So if it goes very well, please, your thanks should go to her. Um, obviously, Sister Motola is a family member, so... Um, I won't dwell too much on that, but I feel at home, and please, I do not want you to have any distance. Um, if you feel that I have said something that you, would, you are not sure about, raise up your hand and ask me. I will try and answer as much as I can. Um, please, if you can put the slide up, it will help guide me in terms of time. Um, obviously, I could not have said no to this inv invite. Most of the time when people invite me, I tell them, Pastor Dele, who is the founding pastor of the baptizing church? I tell them that. Pastor Dele said, before we go out, we should collect permission. Yes, that is true. But as well, there's no time we have had an invite for Brother Yinka or Sister Motola, and they have not come. So I'm handicapped by their invitation. I have to respond. Amen. So please celebrate the leadership of the house one more time. Okay. So one of the feedbacks my wife gave me was that um, what I'm sharing today is uh, similar to management consulting. 
Um, the reason why I'm saying that is that this is not just applicable to church. You can apply it in your daily personal lives. Amen? Okay. So, um, Pastor Yinka has done the introduction. Who am I? My name is Ben Rogunikwe. Um, I introduce myself many ways. So, when they ask for a bio, I said, just take anyone you see. As of this week, I consider myself Biblical Nick Fury. How many people know Nick Fury? Okay. So Nick Fury is the one who organizes the Avengers. So that's why I felt very, very jealous when um, Minister Peter, right, was praying and he had read from Hebrews 10 about how we incite and stimulate. So I feel that what God wants me to do is to encourage people to share the gospel more. This is the game plan. And so um, when this had come up as a topic, Brave New Church, it was something stemming from discussions I had already had. So I had no challenges with the title. And I hope by God's grace we'll be able to deliver very well. What do I do in church? Um, I'm an associate pastor in the baptizing church, like he mentioned. Um, I'm in charge of quite a few things. I'm in charge of the workforce. I'm in charge of... I'm trying to remember them, and it's plenty. But one of the units that reports to me is what we call e-church. E-church essentially means electronic church. And so things like church branding, photography, and so on and so forth fall under that unit. So this is not a stretch. What am I hoping to share today? Hmm. All I'm going to share is not going to be the end. It's not like once I say it like this, you have gotten a degree and you can go for NYSE. That's not the point. The idea is to kickstart the conversation and then you'll be able to look at what you are doing, your personal life, the church, and how you can then expand it to, you know, what can I, what can I change? We did this like this last week, but with the information we've received today, we can do this a bit different. Amen? Okay. So, um, you can go to the slide that says the assignment. That should be slide three. I made some changes after, so we should be one slide off, but please continue. Okay. How many of you know this scripture? So, um, I read from the New King James Version. Um, almost all Pentecostals and Protestants do that. Um, it's not to say that the brother that I read from Amplified is troublesome. I'm just sharing that this is what, um, where we draw these terms from. So, um, Luke 4, 18 to 19, um, Jesus was quoting Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, um, I listened to the messages over the last four weeks, and so I listened to Reverend Okona last week as well. Awesome, awesome time. Um, he has done everything I could think of about evangelism. But I'm just going to stress a number of things. Number one is that 
The church must give hope. That's an oversimplification of this verse, but it's important that when people see the church, they must see the good news. That things would have been bad, but someone has sorted it out for you. Amen? Okay, next slide. Uh, so, and this is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You will see some words that I bolded there. It's just for emphasis. It says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing that's where we got our church name from, the baptizing. So when we go, we'll baptize them. That's how we became the baptizing church. So baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? Amen. Now, um, in Bible school, they call this the Great Commission. Now, it's is reflected in the Gospels. But um, Mark and Matthew record it a little differently. So the third slide, the assignment, is Mark 16, 15 to 16. Next slide, please. Yes. So he's, and he said to them, go into all the world, preach the Gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. So one of the big questions we have with evangelism is that when Jesus says, go ye, is he talking to me? Because a lot of people, there are many schools of thought about this, you know. They will find debates. They will say that God wants some people, has called some people to pulpit preaching. Some people, is lifestyle evangelism. So I should just live my life like a Christian. People will see and they will believe God. I am from the school of thought that believes that you must do both. Amen? Your life must be representative of God. And you must open your mouth and preach. So the goal applies to me. Now, wherever you find yourself on the doctrinal divide, there was a clear instruction. And it was given to us. As part of the Gospels. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay. So, um, there's another debate that it's only professional ministers and missionaries that should go. Um, but there, here's one thing that we are all sure of. The Bible says this gathering is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Amen? So, that means when you come to church like this, you get equipped. You get equipped. You get equipped. You get equipped. Now, if you don't do anything with that equipment, you know there's a problem. Amen? Please, are we... If it's too boring, you can, you know, sign me. I'll crack a joke. I know plenty of jokes, but I want us to, you know, understand this before we go into extras. Amen? Amen. So, um, that is why there's so much quarrel in church. That's why you find that somebody will say they didn't greet me. Or 
the last time they did meet him, they didn't call me. Or they did, you get what I'm saying? It's because you are equipped, but you are not doing anything. So rather than the church exploding, one time they preached, 5,000 people were joined to the church immediately. So rather than the church exploding, we are imploding. We find that everybody is equipped. Everybody knows Bible. And so every time we gather, rather than let us go and sort something out, we now face ourselves and start looking for faults in how well, how, do you understand what I'm saying? And this is a problem. So it's because um, Pastor Okona had said that it is inaccurate for you to say that someone who doesn't evangelize will go to hell. But you know the person is disobedient. Because Jesus gave us homework. That's why I called it the assignment. And a lot of us are refusing to do the assignment. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now that we have that, there are two words that are used in those scriptures, right? Matthew says, go ye therefore, teach all nations. The word nations there is ethnos which is where ethnicity comes from. Amen? So, um, you know, by that, you are now talking about different customs, different traditions, cultures, civilizations. That means go to every kind of person. Amen? Yeah, but in Mark 16, it's recorded with a different word. That word is called cosmos. Hallelujah. Can those of us who are here hear me? That's fine. We will sort out the technicals as it goes on. Hallelujah. So the word in Mark is cosmos. Now that is different. What that means is systems. Amen? So one verse, that is Matthew, tells us go into every culture. The other in Mark says go into every system. Now, go into political system, go into any part of society. And nowadays, I apply it to also mean go into the social media system. Amen? I don't want you to get the impression that what we are doing is not scriptural. That's where I want to lay the emphasis from. I can talk about technology for two days. But I want you to start from the baseline that what we are doing is based on instruction and is gospel. Amen? Okay. So, uh, the church has changed. That's how I'm going to say it. So the next slide says the Brave New Church is the same church. The reason why I said that is that a lot of the time we get lost in the method more than the message. So how many of you are on social media, like active, active? So there's a gist now from yesterday. One guy went to church for a wedding, was wearing a ring, they didn't allow him to enter. 
And so, and he's one of the groomsmen for the wedding. They didn't allow him to enter. He now left the church. He now posted on Twitter. And then there's been a huge discussion. A number of people believe that church should have allowed him coming. That Shebi is just two hours. And he's not their member. And the church should be open. Amen? A number of people also believe that which kind of spirit does the guy have? That you can't remove your ring for two hours for a wedding for your friend. How many of us know this story? Okay, so three people. Now, irrespective of where you fall, is he right, is he wrong? The question is, 50 years ago, someone would not have worn a ring to church. Amen? That means the world has changed. So, should it, should it be the church that should be more accommodating? Or should it be the guy who should be more accommodating? Or should it even be the groom not to choose a ring-wearing guy as part of his groomsmen? That's not the topic for us. What is happening is that the world is changing. Years ago, we used to use landlines. How many of you used landline? Not heard of it, or used you see that it's like half the church. How many of you use 090, the MTEL cellular? Not GSMO, MTEL. You see that the number has reduced. Do you get what I'm saying? So the world is actively changing in front of us. So what must happen is that every part of our lives, we are making adjustments. But the church is not making the adjustments as fast as they should. Amen? Okay. Let's say 20 years ago, it was okay to preach a two-hour message and would tell you that um, you should not wear a ring. I don't know why a ring is entering message so much today. But we would tell ladies not to wear a ring. And it was good preaching. We would tell them, dress modestly. And so on and so forth. Amen? But times are changing. So let me, let me take one step back and use a practical example. Um, the Israelites... If we read scripture, we start from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you know, on and on and on. Now, it is not recorded, so I'm going to use what scholars said in this case now. Scholars believe that the Israelites did not have writing. So they did not have a culture of biro and paper, or papyrus and stylus, or tablets, and so on and so forth. Now, it was until they went into Egypt, right? The Egyptians are the ones who made the pyramids, they wrote on tablets, and so on and so forth. So it is believed that going through Egypt, that entire process, the modernization in Egypt was what helped them to get to the point of 
being able to record the Gospels, to record the Scripture. So what they went through in Egypt, a byproduct, is that by the time they came out, they were able to write the books. Amen? So, what I'm saying is that even though the world is changing, right, there are tools available for the message. 30, 40 years ago, the redeemed, uh, not the redeemed now, what's their name? Deeper Life told us that TV was bad. Now they are on TV. That one is even far. In 2005, pastors used to preach that face your book, not Facebook. Amen? How many churches are streaming on Facebook today? Even we ourselves, as we are now, we are on Facebook. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So the world is changing, and either we are the one making the change or not. We are, we are not the one causing it, but it is changing. And we have to adapt. Amen? Okay. So, just a few, I'll be quoting some things. Everything I quote is a fact. So, please don't, if you are not sure, you ask me where did you hear it from, don't say, ah, Pastor, in Yoruba, it means that um, that pastor just, they give us bobo. Okay? So, there's a group called the Banner Group, B-A-R-N-A. They are the biggest church research group in the world. So I'm going to quote a number of things, but the Banner Group, please, you can, okay, yeah, you can put this, you can leave this, I'll get there. The Banner Group is, um, they do research, and so you, you can glean facts from what they say. So number one, um, Nigeria has one of the largest populations in the world, one of the largest, right? Now, the unchurched, and let's say Muslims in Nigeria, are one of the largest Muslim populations in the world. It's the fifth largest in the world, and is the largest in Africa. Egypt is number two. So, whatever they call our population, you can pull out that half of that is Muslim. Half of that Claim Christianity. Amen? Now, one thing that is happening now is young people don't want to go to church anymore. Um, the place where all of them is, or the place where all of them are, is on social media. How many of us here are on TikTok? So, I don't want to say the numbers into the video, but there was only one person that raised his hand in church. So, I don't want to say how many people are in church, but only one person in this church today is on TikTok. Meanwhile, the younger demographic very, very much is on TikTok. And so, young people don't want to go to church and the reason why is that Satan has blinded them. 
So our role as people with assignment, like I've already um, explained, is to go and meet them there and show them a more excellent way. Amen? So, obviously, you can take that scripture from John 12 where it says, Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, and so on and so forth. So now, let's look at the facts that I'm putting on screen. One, Christians that don't go to church are on the rise. So non-practicing Christians, they don't do anything Christians do, but they say they are Christians. Regular church attendance is declining. And I'm saying all these things with the framework of church history as well as because um, Pastor had outlined this to me post-pandemic. Okay? So, regular church attendance is declining. Now, prayer is still important. And I'm going to tell you four things that people look for in a service. I might, it might not be in that slide because I updated it later, but one of those four things is prayer. So, we have... Pastor Dele often says that in an effort to Christianize Africans, we Africanized Christianity. So we treat our pastors like babalaos. We do a lot of things as instruction rather than what the word says. But I digress. The point I'm going to make is that we very much believe in the power of prayers. And I put NSPPD on screen. How many of you know NSPPD? How many of you have participated? Raise the hand well. Another thing we are finding is that older people go to church more. Are we agreeing? It's true, Abby. Okay. Tighten numbers are dropping. Um, I don't want to mention the fellow's name, but that cold fellow was part of the issue. Okay? Because he convinced a lot of people, right? But whether he was not, uh, was the one that caused it or not, tightening numbers are dropping. Now, pandemic strengthened faithfulness amongst the faithful. So if you were a church person, you used to come to church before. In this season, church became more focused for you. You understand? We found in many churches in America that live streaming led to growth. There was a church that had 12 members in January 2020 that now has over 1,000 members. And you see, the community where they are is small. So they were in a small town of 4,000 people. But over 1,000 people joined because with live streaming, they were no longer limited to that their geographical location. Amen? Next slide, please. Another thing, we found that sermons are the most important part of service. People join service for the sermon. Okay? 76% like sermons that teach scripture. 75% like sermons that teach about their life. 
So, um, yeah. Another thing people look for in church is community. My people, my guys. You understand? The jewels, that's our women's group. The men's group, we call ourselves MOI. You understand? Just um, the modern time is gang gang. You understand? My gang. Um, now, for the people who now live stream, eh, before live streaming was small. Live streaming is increasing. Live streamers are tightening more. Amen? Online attendance is getting higher than in-person attendance in some churches. So the people who join a church online or join a program are many times more than the people in service. Um, a lot of people aren't coming back to church. Um, hybrid church is the new norm. That is, you have a service physically, but it's also streaming. Okay? People are members of more churches. I was teasing my wife yesterday. She attends like four churches now. Because it's online. So she will do this service, second service here. You understand? You can join a prayer meeting. When you are done there, you listen to a worship concert. And then giving is impacted by the way we are doing things. So the next slide says stigmas of church and technology. And this is what I try to highlight from where I started that. Look, churches do not understand that as things are changing, they should be changing as well. Amen? The message is sacrosanct. I need to stress that. The message is the same. But the method of delivery is evolving. Then churches like to hear gist. They don't use data. So they like anecdotal evidence. That we went for evangelism. We spoke to 25 people. We brought, where are the phone numbers? Where is their attendance? How much of the service did they listening to? Do you understand? So essentially what I'm saying is that our analysis of church attendance needs to be data-driven. Amen? So, I have 10 predictions for church. This one is not in the slide. This is the slide I added. So, Brother Godwin, just... I have 10 predictions. So, there are four things that everybody looks for in a service. Oh, you got it? Awesome. Okay, it updated online. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Well done, sir. So, uh, 10 predictions for church. Number one. If you adopt technology and modern ways of doing things, please, how much time do I have left? Tell me. 20 more. Okay. Okay. The potential to get... So, the four things. Number one, the word, worship, prayer, and community. So, um, I'm going ahead of myself, but in evolving whatever you want to evolve for your church, you want to change your strategy, you want to improve things, you must find a way that these four things show to people. Amen? The word, worship, community, and prayer. Now, when you are looking for a church online now, 
and you search. You want to see, are they grounded? Amen? Then you want to hear, is their choir tapping? Um, Reading of grace, well done today. Your choir is tapping, you understand? So, but you get what I'm saying. You also want to see how they treat people. I was speaking to someone a few months ago, and she had had a, you know, she had had issues in marriage and had broken up and was living alone now. And so her outlook of church was that those church people will judge me if they know my story. So how does your church treat people that are not conventional? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's important to have some way to depict that. And obviously, prayer. So 10 things that I think will happen. One, the potential to gain from using technology is still higher than the potential to lose. Essentially, people can use Facebook to either study or to chase whatever they want to chase. But there is a potential for church growth. Amen? Number one. Number two, churches that love their model, how we do things, this is how we do it. Churches that love their model more than the mission Christ gave us, we die. It's not a cause. It's just a fact. Three, coming to church like this, gathered church, is here to stay. The people who are telling you that very soon everything will be online, it's a lie. There is still a lot to be gained by in-person interactions. Amen? Four, consumer Christianity will die and a more selfless discipleship will emerge. In simpler English, it means that coming to church because of what you can gain as opposed to what you can give will be reducing. Because as we are teaching the truth, as technology begins to restrict certain things, let me give you an example. Giving in most churches has changed significantly. Can I say that here? Yeah. 90, 95% of our church giving now is online. So, paper offering or fiat, cash, is no longer really relevant. Okay? And because of that, the ability to spend it anyhow too is limited. So, things are already changing. So, people coming because of what they can get will realize that the evolving structures do not encourage certain kind of behaviors. Amen? I can talk more about this. Let me try and finish the slides, okay? Yeah, Sundays will become more about what we can give than what we can get. Number six, attendance will no longer drive engagement. Engagement will drive attendance. Now, one of the things that we are seeing is that church is now about engagement. People want to interact. They want to understand the message. They want to ask questions. You understand? So the traditional, I've said it, that's the end. It's not working like that again. Amen? And so, the more and more 
people will go where they are allowed to engage. So attendance will increase. Um, church will have to reduce, sorry, all these are in my own notes. Church will have to reduce the number of activities they put people in. Simplified ministries will complement people's lives, not compete with their lives. Do you know that in the past, we used to have pastors, I don't, I'm not saying here, but pastors who will put service on a Monday morning. And then you have service seven days a week. More and more, you see that that is going away. Because productive people, blessed people, serve God well. And it is difficult for you to be productive if you are constantly not focusing. Okay? Please, if, you, if anything I say sounds difficult, please ask me. Don't be shy. Yeah, online church will supplement the journey but not become the journey. That is, online church will help get some people in. It will help, you know, support whatever we are doing in-house. But it will not replace. I've already said that in one form before. Online church will become a front door rather than a back door. So what is happening is that people are walking out of church through online. So people who used to be very, very, you know, involved in church. They say, we join service online. And it's a lie, they didn't. You understand? Ah, so I watch the service. I watch the service. But there's a way. Did you people, sorry, did EPC try to do worship online during the lockdown? How was it? It was difficult, Abby. You didn't. So we, we tried. We lead worship on Zoom. Somebody will have said amen. Like 15 minutes later, somebody said hallelujah. So, things like that. And so, people, it, it's just not the same. And people are using the fact that we can join online to avoid going to church. But more and more, as we improve how we do things, people are using... Online will now become the front door. Now, I've joined your service many times online. Where, where is your actual church? Amen? Last one. Gatherings will become larger and smaller at the same time. Which is what I had said before. Sometimes your external audience will be more than your in-person audience. So, the inside church might look small. Okay. Le- next slide. Let's now go to the fun things. I know... I can see some attention is going down. It's okay. Please manage with me. Okay, this is Nigeria. Estimated 208 million people. The third circle is the number of people online with internet. The fourth one, 33 million, is the number of people who are on social media. Next slide. I know there is argument about that one and, you know, Please ask. Oh, the second one is um, people who have mobile connections. Everybody has, 187 million people have phones, but 104 million have internet. Okay, now, um, this might be unclear. Sorry, I could have made this bigger. 
But these are various social media platforms. That one that is long, that I almost finished the screen. Eh? That's WhatsApp. So 93% of people who have internet or social media in Nigeria use WhatsApp. 86% of us use Facebook. 81% YouTube, Instagram, 73%, Facebook Messenger, 61%, Twitter, 56.3%, and then Telegram, TikTok, Snapchat, all that all the way down. But what you can glean from this is Nigeria is a very, very social nation. Amen? Next slide. This. Right. So I just tried to explain the various platforms, their nature. The slides will be available. I think you can just PDF it and share with members so that, you know, you can also use it if you too want to do presentation. I'm okay with it, please. Uh, it's your name that is there. It's EPC Grace House. Okay. So um, over 1 billion people log in to Facebook every day. 1 billion. That means one-seventh of the world's population is on Facebook. So, anybody who is ignoring Facebook is not doing well. Instagram has 500 million users every month. Twitter has 328 million. And then YouTube is everybody's school and university now. If you want to learn anything, just go on YouTube. Okay. Next one. This is what happens in one minute on social media. In one minute on social media, I'm trying to look for a statistic that will interest you. We search on Google 4.2 million times. Every minute on Google. On social media. Um, YouTube, every minute, people watch 3.47 million videos. So, whether or not you are trying, life is going on. I've used up all my time. Next slide. This one is the one where I came to flog you people. EPC Grace House. Have you seen yourself? So you have a Twitter page, and immediately I was invited. I tweeted about it. Your page didn't even reply me. <laughs> it paid me, oh. I would lie. Instagram, you are doing okay. You haven't been there too long. Facebook page, very, very good. But sadly, you seem to have two. You have one pointing to the old address in Jabi. And then you have the main one. Um, you don't have an individual Facebook account. It's not, it's not a problem, but sometimes it's helpful to be able to connect with people. But that's not a problem. Your website is not working. Your YouTube is very young and has only 21 subscribers. And I know there are more than 21 people in church. So at least... 
let's start from that one. Everybody should go and subscribe. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. So now, I'll freestyle the remaining time. You see why I hid it far, far? Because if I had shown you in the beginning, you won't listen again. <laughs> okay, next slide, please. I'm on social media. I don't like Facebook, so I disabled my Facebook in 2008. But I still manage the church's Facebook account. So we are looking at this as church, but this also applies to your individual lives, your businesses, whatever you are doing, Right? Now, number one, why I'm popular on Twitter eh, is that I do not, I, I used to do devotion every morning. I would preach full message, scripture, example, joke, every morning. I've stopped that for a while. But what is important is that my Twitter is about me, right? But you will see that every single pastor in the baptizing church, their Twitter handle says, so, 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 and so at the baptizing church. So I direct as much attention as I get. People know where I'm coming from. So on all church handles and church ministers, you can put your church, quote, unquote, position on your handle. Drummer at EPC Grace House. Music minister at EPC Grace House. You understand? Don't then, how many of you know that Pastor Poju has more followers than Covenant Nation? Amen? Why? Because Pastor Poju, as a person, uses social media well. So, share what is happening in your life. You understand? The day we bought a new mixer in church, I put it on Twitter. You understand? So, I know someone who came to church and said, where is that mixer you were showing us? It's not the church handle that did it all. It's me. Share you get. Share what is happening in your church. Then be consistent. And the truth is, ask Everybody here is consistent on social media. You check every day. We are fighting it. Pastors are telling you first pray before you go online. But you are going online anyway. So as you people are going online, eh, post about church. Say, ah, the thing Pastor Yinka said yesterday was not good. We will settle the quarrel later in church. But talk about church. Amen? Consistency, then contribute, comment, and share what is happening on social media. Amen? I know there are controversial topics we don't want to get into. Like this one about hearing now and no put hand. Do you understand? But some weeks ago, now my, I have one of my younger sisters knows I don't like social media. So anytime I go viral, she's the first one to tell me. So some weeks ago, somebody had posted how one girl was smelling very nice in church. And he sat down beside her. And he was distracted. Me, I now quoted the tweet, just jokingly. And I said, first it was fragrance. How many of you know this song? 
within 20 minutes, my mentions were a mess. Somebody had quoted it and put it on Insta blog. My, so it was my auntie in the U.S. that sent me that mail. You have started again. I said, "What did I do?" I now checked. Don't, now I know don't see him personally. His manager reached out to me. I said, "Well done, we are seeing your work." What am I saying? That just blew up because I interacted with something somebody said. Now a lot of people saw that, and TBC, my church got over 50 followers from a joke I cracked. Now, my own followers were many, you know. But you, you see the linkage. Amen? Please, are we still awake? Okay. So, um, next slide. What your church must do. And you're already doing some of them. Okay? One, live stream. People want to see your service. You must post on Facebook. You must be on Twitter. Most people don't like Twitter because it involves thinking before you say what you want to say. Because you will go on Twitter and say, I don't like Dodo. And somebody will say, are you saying Yam is bad? That's not what you said. But there are people who want to cause trouble. You get what I'm saying? But the truth is that... Uh, the Bible says in this life you will have trouble. <laughs> so don't be too afraid of the trouble. Okay? You must manage your website well. When people Google you, what comes up first? Video, you must have video channels. That's YouTube, do Facebook, and so on and so forth. Take photographs. Today now we have done service. No single photograph. I'm not saying there's no photography you need to. I'm just saying that. So, because this generation, they document everything. If you eat a bar and there's no meat, they snap it. If you eat a bar and there's too much meat, they snap it. So, you have to be documenting your experiences. Uh, branding, you guys are a bit on point with that. Keep it up. Then you must have like Telegram, WhatsApp. So, one of the things I do, after service every Sunday, our photography unit posts a few pictures in the family WhatsApp group. I put those pictures on my status. It's not a big deal, Abby. The picture they took in church, they sent to me, I put on my status. Very low effort. Almost every Sunday, people who have come to TBC five years ago, they will say, ah, I remember this brother OJ. It's very troublesome. I say, yes. I remember this person. Do you understand what I'm saying? It brings church engagement. Next slide. So, this is the work. Whoever is doing your social media, and I encourage eh, that it starts from the pastorate to the ministers, then to HODs, then to individuals. But it must be church culture. Eh? One, on your social media, promote the time of your service. Two, advertise whatever series you are doing. Like this Fantastic Four, you did well. Go in this dynamite. Amen? Amen? Show newcomers what your services look like. Announce bad days of the week. So when you celebrate somebody's birthday, 
snap the picture, do design, post it. People like to be honored. Do you understand what I'm saying? And when people see that you are honoring others, they want to come and partake of that honor. So there are, there's a couple that joined my church two weeks ago. Husband and wife now did bad day last week. We did their design and posted. Ah! Oh, the wife was happy. The, wi- the wife, if you say anything bad about the baptizing church, uh, she will beat you. Somebody joined our church as an instrumentalist four years ago. He joined maybe like on a Friday that he will be in church on Sunday. The next week, his wife gave birth. All of us pastors, we were seven. We went for the naming. When we finished and the whole choir was there, the wife told the husband, you are not going back to your former church. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Um, share encouragement, share testimonies, promote your online streaming that. Go and watch the video from last Sunday. You understand? Uh, Promote upcoming events, take pictures, have fun. I know the gospel is serious business. But you have to also show people that Christ did not call us to suffer. Amen? Amen? One of the challenges people had with presenting the gospel in the past is that the people who presented the gospel did not look like people who had received good news. Do you understand what I'm saying? So show ways people can get involved. That, ah, we are doing something, you, know, you can come. We have an outreach to Maraba. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, we went for evangelism in a village in Aqueta. Aqueta is like 40 minutes from town. Then you take Okada to climb a mountain for like half an hour. When we now got there, we finished preaching. We now realized that there is no school in the whole community. We now said, so somebody said they will start the school. They just need money for some things. We announced in church. When we announced it in church, I mistakenly said it on social media. People I don't know were reaching out to me that, how much can I give? Excuse me. Now, the person calls himself a TBC member. He's in Spain. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no way I will do evangelism from Aqueta to Spain. Do you understand? So you have to show people how they can get involved in what you are doing. Uh, provide shareable invitation cards. Share the church vision. Showcase the ministries in church. On and on and on. Now, one thing people like is fine picture. The finest pictures you will get in church are from water baptism. You see the way sunlight plays with the water, it attracts people. So anytime you do water baptism, snap where? Share the picture. Use it on all your flyer. People like it. Amen? Okay. So these are the things you must do. Okay. So next slide. What do you need to do now? Number one, improve your video. I watched all the videos on your YouTube. I left it on. I was walking. I'll come back. I'll watch again. It is well. (laughs) Secondly, have a one-day turnaround for messages. So if pastor finishes today, post it today, try 
I know it's hard, but you can have an intro ready now, an outro ready now. When pastor is preaching, you just record. Once it's done, you add intro, add outro, upload. Amen? Improve lighting for photography and video. Improve your website. Improve your internet access. I know that internet access is probably one of the reasons for most of the other things, but... Okay. Um, I'm, a, I'm always an advocate for churches doing the things themselves. Okay? Within the church here, there's somebody that knows how to snap well for Instagram. Let the person be snapping your in church. And you can... I'm friends with like 10 churches. Their pastor uses iPhone to stream. Amen? And it's even clearer... Let me say it like that. Their video is good, Sha. I don't want to say it's clearer than your own. But just iPhone. They just put it on a tripod and do. And it's HD. It's very nice. So, um, so what needs to happen is that you need to set standards for excellence and then subject it to the path of the just. It doesn't have to be perfect on the first day. But it will be get brighter and brighter and brighter. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of churches want to outsource. Just get people that are professional to come and do it. Personally, I believe that's living fake life. Because if you and the person disagree, the person comes late, there are issues. So, if you can outsource and can afford it, fine. But I would recommend start from where you are. You understand? People can do many things. You understand? I have people who are in the choir, who are in e-church, who are in photography. You get what I'm saying? I put them in all the units. Let the work be done. As things progress, you can get better and better. Um, let's see. Okay. Now that you are social, yes. Number one, recognize that church handle is not your personal handle. So don't do anyhow. Okay? If you are using the church handle, don't respond to insults. Don't. You understand what I'm saying? If somebody talks to you anyhow, you know how you will have answered them. But the Holy Spirit is restraining you. I tell this joke a lot. There was one day I was driving. I used to have a Camry back then. So I drove. Somebody now drove anyhow. And I wound down. And I said, bless you. The man said, that's not what you wanted to say. <laughs> say the truth. So the same way, you know, as much as possible, don't misuse the church handle. Update regularly. Don't be timid about what you are sure of. Now, if you are sure of the Bible's stance on a matter, say it. If you are not sure, say, I don't know. Do you understand? It is better to be confident in your response. Or, let me get back to you. But don't be timid online. Screen content. So, when you start, eh, let somebody always approve the content. Let's say it's Minister Peter that is in charge, for example. Somebody sends him, this is the design we want to post. Just look through. Grammatical mistakes. You understand? Immediately, you can correct and then they post. But screen content. So that something doesn't go online 
that represents church poorly. Um, there are a lot of funny, funny things going on online. People trying to defraud church. People trying to do all sorts of things. Be careful. Uh, flag inappropriate content. Block the person if necessary. There was one time somebody hacked one of our accounts and started posting porn online. We are able to restore and remove it and delete and block the person. Amen? Okay. Um, other things. Don't use the church account to advertise or sell market. A lot of people mistakenly do it. They will say it's mistakenly, but you know most times church has more followers than you. So you just quickly post your... You now say it's a mistake. Don't do it. Uh, create snackable content, small clips and so on and so forth. Make things simple for members. Build trust. Be careful with trying to raise money online. You see, the thing about raising money is that accountability increases. If I'm collecting money from people in church, all of you know me, trust pastor, being right, you can't steal your money. When you try and do it, nobody knows you and nobody sends you. So oh, the, the respect, everything has finished once you go on the internet. They will tell you you stole the money. So if you want to raise money online, have a clear purpose, have clear accountability structures for that. Amen? Um, so free tools. If you want to stream, I don't know what you use for streaming here, but OBS is the global standard of free software. In the baptizing church, we use vMix. vMix is better, but it's expensive. I think we bought it for $350. But after we bought, we now found out that they have a church grant. So you can just go there and tell them, I'm a church, please give us now. Sometimes they will give you, sometimes they will not give you. So pray before you submit your application. God will help you. Amen? Uh, Canva is very, very good for design. So if design and how to design is a challenge, you can learn with Canva. Canva is very easy. Everybody uses it. My grandmother, everybody can use it. Amen? Scripture and song presentation. What are you using? It looks like a easy worship. Did you pay for it? Uh -huh. So, as Christians, we don't use to use pirated software. So, free software that is as good as easy worship. Easy slides and video sounds. But it takes some learning. So, it's just encouragement that we should use, you know, appropriately licensed software, and it's available for free. There are many more, but these are the two we use. Um, scheduling online, Buffer. Um, for Twitter, you can use Hootsuite or TweetDeck. For free graphics, those are sites I mentioned. Church Media Drop, Seeds, Life.Church, Elevation. I'm sure if you Google, you can find all these things, but they will help you make graphics. I'm happy I'm leaving the slide, so you should be fine. Thank you. I think I've used up my time. It's finished. I'll be including the question and answer time. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. So, question and answer.
thank you so much Dan, for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us about um, the church social media handles do you have um, a particular person handling all of it Okay, I think you, I remember you said you should start with the pastorate. Um, how do you mean pastors should be the only one posting or handling it? So, um, thank you. That's a good question. So, number one, different mediums require different kinds of content. But this generation is used to visuals. So, pictures, video grab people a lot. So if I just post a line saying, come to EPC Grace Church, it doesn't carry as much weight as me posting um, the picture that you guys designed and say, I will be in EPC Grace Church on Sunday. Join me. Do you get what I'm saying? The engagement for that is higher. So Facebook, Instagram, you get a lot of traction. In fact, most platforms now, you get a lot of traction from video. So, but whatever content you make, make sure it's appropriately sized or designed for every platform. That's number one. Can one person post all? Yes. Is the person skilled enough to? I don't know. Now, start with the pastorate means that the pastorate must, and this is why I referenced the, that you, we treat our pastors like DBS. The pastor must post as well. Pastor cannot stand and say, church people go and do it. The pastor must lead by example. So when the pastor posts it, you too can. So what we do in the baptizing church, if we want to do a series, for example, I would, my e-church team, I'll send them the topic. So pastor, today now we are doing national treasure, right? Pastor told me, the topic he lies is national treasure. I said, thank you, sir. I told my e-church people, national treasure. The design guy went, designed it, brought it back into the group. When he brought it back into the WhatsApp group, we all looked at it. Oh, date is missing. This is not correct. This is when it's done. We now send it, they send it to me. I send it to Pastor. Now, when I send it to Pastor, what he now does is that he posts it in the family WhatsApp group with a short intro saying, This Sunday. In the city of Abuja, the best place to be will be the baptizing church where we are teaching on national treasure. Blah, 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 blah. Bam. Now, because people are, I don't want to say lazy, but you know what I mean. They will just copy and paste. So, all of a sudden, you, if you look at, you know how you look at status and you see a list. If you look at status on your WhatsApp, you will see, the same design everywhere. Even if you are not a church person, you just look on your phone and everybody is using the same logo. You will click and say, ah, what's going on here? People post on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, like that. Do you understand? So that's what it is. Do you get now? So the pastors can start, but everybody should be involved. The, why I went that route when I started as well is that the core was not to pastors alone. It was all of us. So the pastors just started. Amen? Amen. Okay. Then another thing for accountability, is there something you do for accountability to make sure people actually do this thing? Encouragement. 
so um, the fact that it's the senior pastor that first posts it, at least that encourages people that, look, we are serious about this. But the other thing is that in each church now, once pastor has posted, the people in that unit, somebody is in charge of Facebook. That person goes to post, writes a blog. Let me give you an example. We realize that we pray every morning, right? And we use Mixler. So when we pray, we realize that, excuse me, when we post it online, a number of people join us from outside to join the prayers. That's number one. But as more and more people join our prayers, pastor announces everything we do in church at the end of prayer. So as we are praying, he now says that, please remember that this weekend we are doing National Treasure. Next week we are having so so and so. People hear that and connect. You understand? So pastor has... Sorry, come again with the question. Accountability. Yes, so for accountability, by the time pastor reminds you six, seven times, if you don't want to do it, your heart is hardened. And, you know, that's a different uh, topic. We'll be praying for deliverance, intervention. But seriously, um, but the people in charge in church, the e-church unit, will do it compulsorily on the church handles. Now, other people, you will just encourage. Christ called us to liberty. You can't beat them. Yes. My question is, how do you get church members to be actively involved in the church social media? Considering that we're a small unit at this moment, and then not many of us are active on the various platforms, how do we get them actively involved? Let me ask, as you are still holding the phone, are you on Facebook? Yes. Have you posted anything from church ever? Yes. On your platform, not on church platform. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Now, given that you do it, right? Yes. Can you encourage the person next to you saying, please do it? Yes. Finish. See, the truth is that there's no magic to it. Um, I always hesitate to mention people, but this is home and there's no derogation in this. Have you seen Koza people when they are sharing something? It's almost aggressive. Everybody, and it's not that they are telling people, go and share. They actively want to do it. And I can mention some reasons why people are not sharing what you are sharing. And I can mention some reasons why they don't want to. Should I go ahead? Okay. Um... Number one, show results. If you want people to um, get involved, show them the result of their involvement. It might not come in one day, but what I have been able to do is that I can tell you that I shared prayer on Twitter. Somebody joined and sent a message to our church handle saying, the thing you prayed for today is the problem that is doing me. So I, I screenshot that and send. Every week after church, I do a small video from our worship and I take the pictures that photography unit shares 
and I post it on my Twitter. Now, almost automatically, people like from all over. Now, four weeks ago, somebody said she had been praying. And someone had, um, someone had told her that you must begin to go to church and you have to go this Sunday. She said she just thought that the only church is Dagbin Rose Church. Why? Because I'm always in their face with the information about church. So by the time she, she was going to search, she didn't have to search where says TBC Abuja she's going. Now this person showed up in church and the person has 50,000 followers. So after service, she now posted that I went to the baptizing church and I was blessed. If you see people following our church, do you understand what I'm saying? So the results of, there is more joy in heaven when one soul. So even when one person shows up in church from your social media, celebrate it. Let people know that this is the effect of what they did. Amen? Second thing, mandate it. You show results. Second, mandate. Pastor will remind you. When we start services, how many of you have watched Pastor Daily online? Those who know him. Every service, when he starts, he will tell you, share it online. Share on Facebook. You get what I'm saying? Share the link. When they say it like that, people don't want to do it, but just encourage. In one time, self, pastor told me to buy internet. So when you come to church, you won't lie that because you had the internet before. When you get to church, you say you don't have data. So you say, join the network and share it. Amen? So you need to show results. Secondly, mandate it. Thirdly, don't make your social media only announcements. The thing that, you know, Pastor Yenka said when he came here, you now post it on social media. It's good though, but that should not be the only thing you are sharing because not everybody wants to hear the announcements. Um, don't post things that are too controversial. Don't post things that are too negative. The reason why people like my social media is I'm always cracking jokes. I'm always having fun. Amen? Amen. So people follow me, they laugh, they joke, and then I choke them words more. You understand? There was one day I tweeted that, uh, you know, people are traveling a lot. So I tweeted that Paul had dual citizenship. People laugh. I said, hey, God has caught all of you. The real thing here is that God said we should pray for the city that we have been taken away in. So how many of you here are praying for Nigeria? People started running away. But you get what I'm saying. So you need to try and make sure your posts are engaging. Yesterday was the first time I heard one song. Somebody's song. Somebody's song will love me or something like that. That's the name of the song. Okay, that was the first time I was hearing it. Immediately, I tweeted that. Ah, Easter design. Somebody's son loved us and gave his life for us. 20 people like this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is try not to. Uh-huh. Um, add video. Then make sure what you are posting is also useful. Try and be encouraging. You know, there are scriptures we quote when we want to mount up as wings as eagles. Sometimes post things like that. Don't just post that. You people are in trouble in this city. Don't me. In your Yoruba, it means, Lord, fight with those who are fighting with me. Those things are 
they don't encourage. Amen? Amen. I hope that helped. Yes. Thank you. As, um, thank you very much, mind you. Thank you so much. I opening, seeing all the... <laughs> the data. <laughs> the data. <laughs> I opening and another word I don't want to say. <laughs> but as, have you ever been in a situation where maybe a church member posts something that doesn't represent well? On the church or, or on the church handle? So, no, no, not handle. necessarily on the church handle. Uh, mm. Maybe personally... You know, but he's a church member. Mm -hmm. You understand? How did you handle such kind of situation? It, the person doesn't have to post on the church handle, maybe on their private handle, but it's something that has to do with church and it was not so encouraging. It's not something that you would have loved uh, to be said. Or maybe it's even the wrong information. Um, how did you handle it? I, I need to think. But seriously, the thing is, it needs... Correction needs to happen. One of the things that happens nowadays is that we try to be politically correct. We try not to say anything that will annoy this wing or this wing. But there are facts about our Christian work that are facts. If somebody now decides to say something that is not godly, or is not accurate about what we do or say in church. We need to correct it. Um, it must, however, come from a place of love that is, you shouldn't respond. There, there, there are pastors on social media who would respond to things like um, vaccine, um, anti-vaccine, you understand? So you post something about... Um, in baptizing church, for example, we encourage people to take the vaccine. If you are not taking as well, it's okay, but we encourage you the more. You understand? But we do not, at least as a church or as leadership, insult anti-vaxxers. Because whether they are vaccinated or not, Christ died for them and he loves them. So we won't go and say that all the people not taking vaccine are stupid. No. But we would encourage them. Now, if somebody now says... People at the baptizing church are anti-vaxxers. We need to respond to correct that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope that they did answer it. If not, give a more direct example. We can stop streaming and talk. Talk direct. Let's not go through the corners. Someone makes some, maybe some comments. No, okay, let's say maybe some controversial comment about the church itself. Give me an example. Okay, let's it say, doesn't have to be specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say someone says uh, at the baptizing church, for example, um, they, um, okay, they, okay, okay, they are, the newcomers are not properly welcomed at the baptizing church. I was poorly treated. I was fantastic example. How do you? I have another question, mind you. But fantastic example. That's a good one. So, um, when it's things like that, eh, um, anytime there is feedback online, my units handle it. Each church folks handle it very well. There was somebody, and I can't say this, but there was somebody <laughs> who said something, and immediately um, there's a young lady named Nene. 
in church. Nene answered the person fully with correct information. When she now finished, she now came back to me and said, this and this happened online. I now reached out and provided more context. So, I came to the baptizing church, or I came to EPC as a first time. I wasn't well treated. I wasn't given, you know, anything. In fact, they didn't send me. Fantastic. Um, in the baptizing church, we have, this is my response. We have two opportunities. We welcome first and second timers. Please give us another opportunity to blow your mind. Please, before you go, please come again. I promise I will individually welcome you. And now, there's a joke in the baptizing church that if you come to the baptizing church and I don't hug you, then your visit is not complete. So I had somebody, I tweeted once that anytime you come to the baptizing church, come, let me hug you. A young lady came from Lagos, took a hug, snapped it, and put it on Twitter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. You have to be personally involved in resolving it. The person left with a bad impression, just, it's not correct. People will, people will find offense in many things. Mm. You are hugging in a pandemic, is bad. You don't hug, it's bad. <laughs> Either way, just make sure that you did it correctly out of love. And if somebody is offended, scripture tells us that if you are going to church, and you remember that somebody has an offense against you. It's not that the person, no, that you have an offense against yes, somebody. somebody. It's not that the person offended you. It's you that you are thinking it in your heart. You should go and meet the person and apologize. So just immediately you realize that there's something inaccurate. Ah, sorry, this was not up to our usual standards. How can we make it better? Finish. That engagement must happen. We can't keep malice. We can't, we can't count it down. We'll yeah. see. You will come See, again. You will come again. <laughs> no, no, it needs to resolve it. Okay. Another yeah. question I have is keeping up with all these social media platforms sometimes could be exhausting. Yes. I'm tired. <laughs> we have only two followers you on know, TikTok. Because, because it, it could be, and that's because all of them kind of have a life on their own. Just even some of the things that you said, even though there is something uniting them, yet they still have a kind of life and a kind of demography that goes to all of them one by one. And you're like, yes, you're called into the world, but, you know, it could be exhausting in short. Mm -hmm. How do you keep up that you don't get exhausted? Going out to minister on the streets too can be exhausting. Buying tract with money can be exhausting. Everything about the work we have been called to is, it requires effort. So the same way, yes, we might not get it right, but not starting is the big crime. You understand? Not starting, not doing that. I beg, I beg, I beg. They should just be there. By the time, if everybody says they are not on TikTok, but I'm sure you have seen a TikTok video because what's happening now is that people are copying videos from TikTok and posting on WhatsApp, on Twitter, and all that. A lot of the time, bad things adopt technology faster than us. Do you know that mobile payments and electronic payments grew out of porn? Amen? So the porn industry motivated a lot of the card payments we see now. Because people wanted to pay for porn and they did not want them to see their name on the receipts and things like that. That's how card payments evolved very fast. So 
the same way, technology will continue growing negatively if we do not start chucking small, small gospel into it. So, yeah, it is going to be work. And finding someone who can, like me now, I'm in my niche. I'm not yet 50. I'm over 30. I can talk where. So I'm enjoying Twitter. But I find Facebook ridiculous, personally. Instagram, I only go because uh, of the gospel. So most times I post picture after church or after cutting my hair, you know. And it's just maybe once a month. So once I've done my monthly pilgrimage to Instagram, I'm done. A lot of people find that Instagram is fun. So the person that can handle Instagram, give him. The person that can handle Twitter, give him or her. You understand? Just make sure that you are putting the right people. And let just start. Even if the person doesn't know how to use Twitter, let the person start. Just be posting scripture. It will be hard for you to get offended at scripture. Any other questions? Okay, I do. Okay. And it's two questions. Okay. Um, the first one is, I'm very active on Twitter. And I find there are a lot of times that I tend to see a lot of things from other Christians who are clearly, they love God mm. and they love Jesus and all that, but they often tend to do what I think misrepresents church or Christ. And I've often found myself not necessarily directly speaking to them, but trying to shut down those maybe doctrines or trains of thought and all that. And then I say, we can't be doing this in the church, blah, 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 blah. And I've had people who will come in the DMs and say, guy, you shouldn't be, um, let me give an example. It could be that maybe a pastor, a famous pastor said something. When I say famous, I mean famous to the point of has affected maybe eight or nine out of ten Christians. And then I say, this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then I've had people who come either in the mentions or DMs and say, you know, this is not, we shouldn't have done this because you are, the expression is always, you're washing our dirty linen outside. Right? And I say, okay, how then do we do? So I ask questions like, do you agree with what was said? What is your basis for this? Is that what scripture says? And then I say, okay, how would you like me to address this? Do you not think that people, because what tends to happen is um, those people are influential, but they are often distant. But there are a lot of people who are clearly not Christians within our immediate. So we could have mutuals who look to us and say, sometimes it's even your heart. Remember, I said this about you, Christians. Can you see what that person is saying? And then I feel like, you know, the, the silence feels like we're endorsing, even though we're not endorsing that. So I normally say, okay, how do we sort this out, especially on social media? That's the first one. The second one now is similar, but... Let me answer the first okay, one right. first. Sorry, just yeah. so that I don't forget. Yeah. Okay. You want to add a comment? Yes, what you said reminded me of something I was thinking about. Okay, my voice. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay, yes, so please, so since, um, okay, yes, so when you were um, teaching, you mentioned that, um, okay, when you're giving some tools that mm. could be used for church, so you mentioned not using the ones that are like pirated, like, mm. so like just try to be upright and mm. all that. Mm. So now that brings my question to Twitter. Twitter was banned, mm. right? Mm. But churches are using it. And yes. So what do we have to say about that? Fantastic question. So let me answer his question first so I don't forget. Then I'll come to Twitter being banned. 
because it's, it's my favorite too. In fact, that's pay me. Okay, so um, uh, you have asked a hard thing, but this is something that is important as well. One thing I realized very soon, very quickly, was that all Christians don't agree on many things. Uh, Pastor Yenka is wearing a hat. In some churches, you cannot wear a hat in church. Amen? Now, is this um, going to scatter his salvation? No. So we need to learn to major in the majors and minor in the minors. Now, the second thing around that is that correction is typically... Apostle Selman puts it as like this. He says, correction is in the body. It's an office. You don't elect yourself to it. So, if someone is teaching something doctrinally inaccurate, one of the ways is to find people who are close to him or people he respects to make that correction. You understand? You can't correct everybody in the world. You will die. Let me me finish. You understand? So you can't correct everybody. But people you have access to, you can convince them. The final part of that is that we've had people leave because they have doctrinal differences with us. You understand? They love God. They believe Christ died according to the gospel. Rose according to the gospel. And he set us free. They believe that. But they don't believe that. Um, Let me use an example that is old so that you don't feel like I'm talking to somebody. They don't believe women should palm their hair. And because of that, they disagree fully. You understand? And they've gone away. You can't hate them because of that. But it was in your interactions you realized your differences. We must be careful that we don't draw funny lines in the body. Um, A scripture I quote often when anytime there is an issue with a church is what happened with, who was it, when um, this guy died, Saul died, and David said, tell it not in Gath. Because the children of the Philistines want to rejoice. They are only see them. They are fighting among themselves. You get what I'm saying? So in our corrections, we must make sure we are not representing the entire body badly. Amen? Okay, so you can... Maybe I, should, I didn't ask the question properly. I wasn't talking about correcting a person. It's that... I don't... Mm-hmm. He switched it off. Mm. 
So, um, first and foremost, you need to look at what does it harm. If it is not a big deal, leave it. You understand? If it's not a big deal, leave it. If somebody tells you if you don't eat a bar, you are going to hell, then you know that there's a problem. You need to address that. But if somebody is saying some things and you have consent, the other thing is that as much as we can use the internet, you are not called to pastor everybody. God sends people to places. So in your own small field, teach them correctly. I was, I, I once tweeted that, look, eh, you know the people on the street ringing bells shouting, eh, yik, you understand? You and them are going to the same heaven. You get what I'm saying? You are all joint hairs. So the fact that your style, your grasp of the gospel is different does not negate their salvation experience. Yes, um, there are things you would like to improve on, but it's not that. Uh-huh. Now, um, Twitter being banned. Woman of God, you, are, you touch me there, uh, at one side. So, number one, right? There is no law against it. In that the law in Nigeria is not, does not say Twitter is not allowed. Somebody banned it. I have my opinions about the process that led to the banning. You understand? And my opinions are pretty strong and do not represent the government in the best light, so I would not share them here. But because there is no law being broken and you can't block, honestly, you can't really block anything on the internet. You know what Yoruba people call arodon? If, if you don't, let me tell you. So, if your child is causing trouble in the house, you send him, uh, go and meet that auntie in black. That, go and collect arodon. When he gets to her, she says, ah, he just, they just took it from here. It's with Sister Motola. So, you take it, he comes to meet you. You will now say, ah, he's not here. It's at the poolside. The person will go. You understand? It's just endless. They used to call it endless journey. Uh-huh. Try to block anything on the internet. It's, a, it's, it's, it's the arrogant of IT. In 2008, I blocked Facebook on my office network. Everybody in the office hated me. You know how uh, Joseph had a dream and his brothers hated him. I was like that. But then we were buying internet at, I think, $1,000 per megabyte. No, I think 40% of our daily internet use was Facebook. So that means $400 out of $1,000. You are using it to look at Facebook. So I now blocked it. Ah, They nearly beat me. In the office, I will come like this. People will not greet me. But the truth is that anybody who is smart found ways around it. So, blocking something on the internet is not as effective as anybody thinks it is. Nobody that is serious about Twitter you stopped using it. All the government parastatals and the government staff are all on Facebook, uh, on Twitter there. 
They are not talking, no, but they are there watching everything. So, really, because no law is being broken, and I have said this in my church before, but I'll say it here. Whenever this comes up, people like to use Romans 13. You know what Romans 13 says? We'll read it together. Let me, let's open scripture before I, before I come down. You can't read Romans 13 to justify your bad behavior. That's what I'm saying. So as a pastor, you can't misbehave and then say, touch not my anointed. Do you understand? So no government person is allowed to say, Romans 13 means you must respect me. Because a lot of churches, um, a lot of governments say you must have respect for authority. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that is. But the government is not allowed to use the scripture. I can tell you to be subject to government. Government can't say you must be subject to me because that's where abuse comes from. Hitler read this scripture when they were killing Jews. He used this scripture. One of his staff used it. So you cannot use Romans 13 to justify your bad behavior. What happened in this case? Let me just summarize it as that. The government did not react appropriately. As such, there's no law behind it. They are doing the wrong thing. So we are using our Twitter go. Okay. Thank you. Sorry? There was a second question. Yes, your second question. I'm sorry. Okay. So the second one now, like I said, is linked to the first one and is more us, them, in quote. Mm. Um, a lot of times, what tends to happen on social media is attacks on the church. Like what happened yesterday, there was a, there's a part of the tweet that you'd even mention where he said something about dining in hell. And I'm, you know, and he's like, huh, okay, right? And then, you know, he goes on to talk about how those of us who are saying do it for your friend, my friend was the one who laughed at me and said, see you at the reception. And it's almost as if there are a dime or dozen of those daily, right? As the Christian, there are times, sometimes I see those things and ignore. Honestly, because it feels like you are lying against a group that I belong to, right? Then so there are days when I ask, are you doing this because you want to correct in love or is because he's paining you on your flesh? So there are days. But we've often seen how the same way you said technology, bad things consolidate on technology. How do we push back against messages that can consolidate like that on social media without one, you know, turning it into, because what tends to happen is sometimes people respond and then it becomes a cycle, a debate that is not going to end. No side is really listening to the other. And so, so what do we do? Yeah. I'll, be, I'll, I'll give you a lazy answer. Yeah. Have you ever posted a picture of church? All of us here now on your Twitter. So, a lot of the time, we want to correct people with things we don't do. So, anybody who knows me, right, knows that I am free. Like, you can come as you are. I expect that by the time the word robs you, you will adjust. So, I won't, if I meet you the first day, my first thing won't be, look at what you are wearing. You get what I'm saying? Now, that's me. However, inside, inside, I am Baptist. As in, I'm orthodox. 
So I like things being done properly, properly, in order you understand. So would I very likely wear an earring? No. But anybody who has seen my church pictures knows that there are people in my church that wear earrings and we have not killed them. So we have to show a more excellent way. In our interactions on Twitter, we must have created the impression that the church will welcome you when you come. You understand? Now, if you ask me my opinions about yesterday's tweet, is that people do things for clout. People want you to be, want to be seen. So, whether they are right or they are wrong, what they are looking for is attention. Which is why I don't respond to a lot of those kind of arguments. Because what is happening is that you keep on giving the person the attention the person is looking for. Give it. He said uh, that, uh, how did he put it? That they, um, they didn't allow him to enter because of his hearing and he hopes that uh, there will be fine dining in hell or something like that. <laughs> Just, it's not that big a deal. His friend that he was going to, that one said, no problem, see you at the reception. It's okay. It's, let them go. A lot of the time we feel that we should defend God. He's, he's human. You understand? But it's not necessary. Is, is God powerless? Uh-huh. You, you see that um, scripture in, I think it's in Numbers. A lot of the time they ask, is your God deaf? Is your God? So our God is not in competition with, that's why, what's his name? Elijah was making fun of those guys when he called down fire. Now maybe your God is in the toilet. You get People want, now, if you follow me well, you'll notice that almost every Sunday, somebody tweets about church. That stupid people have gone and given them their money again. Eh, is it your money? Me too, I used to get offended before. There was one time in one group, one guy said, oh, the people that, that the money they give each other. I said, look, when was the last time you went to church? He said, which year? How much did you give your total offering? I want to give you back, please. But you are not allowed to talk about church again. The thing angered my soul. But in the end, really, eh, we want him to come to Christ. So it's not about winning the argument. It's about bringing people to God. So by God's grace, God will touch him. I'm sure a few years from now, he will just be, he will be telling his children that, ah, I did pass like this. We need to give people room to grow, people to make mistakes. A lot of us have done things wrong in the past. And we believe that God redeems, you know, and he doesn't count it against us. But we like to count now and cancel immediately. The need. Let it go. Obviously, when it is you that is impacted, it's more hurtful. Today, today now, if you get on Twitter, somebody is probably abusing church as we are now. It's okay. I think uh, God is able to withstand it. And so we are like God. You have a question now? Okay. Are we done? Thank you very much.